Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. For many of us, we grow up wanting to be just like our parents, which can lead to having a similar profession or even taking over the family business, right? But whether you are taking over your parents' company or hiring a cousin, is nepotism good for business or or, or harmful? Is bad, 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 bad. Bad. The business of being black today is nepotism. Please welcome the CEO of Black Pearl Global Investments, Dr. Shante Williams. Hi, Dr. Shante. Hi, thanks for having me, Tammy. Yes, Senior Vice President of Strategic Operations for Third Generation, Triness Woods Black. Hi, Triness. Hi, how are you? Good. The publisher for Inglewood today, Ken Miller is here. Hi, Ken. Hi, Tammy Mack. And YouTuber Jasmine Torres is in the house. Hey, Jazz. Hey. So we always like to start with the business of being Black, and that's why should Black people care? Why should Black people care about nepotism? Hmm. Well, let's kick things off, Jasmine. Why is it important in the minority community? So I hear a lot of discussion when people are talking about it, mainly they center on a lot of white people, but coming from a black community, a Puerto Rican community, all you ever hear is, I want to do this for my kids. I'm passing it down, black generation, generational wealth. But when we look at other races, so many people get mad at it. But coming from this community, that's all we want. We want our kids to have it. We want to teach them to have it. And even if they're kind of mediocre, we're still going to push them to have it. Yeah, you got that right. Triness, why should Black people care about nepotism? Well, Black people should care about nepotism because, um, especially if you live in America, nepotism is consistently at play. And it's it goes back to the good book. You know, charity starts at home. <laughs> ah, nepotism, the American yeah. way. The American way. Dr. Shante, why? Why should I care about nepotism? I mean, for crying out loud, my mother was a teacher. You know, what what, what does that have to do with anything for me? You should care because it affects the bottom line. It can affect your paycheck. It can affect your promotions. It can affect everything about how you're going to advance in your career. And if you're the business owner, it can affect how well your business does in the long run. Ken. Why should Black people care about nepotism? I don't think they should. I I, I don't think because nepotism is bad. It is bad all the way around. The only reason why nepotism exists in many of these instances is because the person, the family member is hired and and they're they're duly not qualified for the job that they're hired for. Uh, I've worked in a number of businesses where nepotism existed. And it is not 
good. I have a son and I'm grateful that my son didn't follow me in my, foot, in, in, in my footsteps because he's doing a hell of a lot better than what I ever would have done. And so uh, I think by, by allowing him to have that freedom and make decisions for himself, uh, I think it turned out to be a good thing. And when you look in other aspects and other industries, look at the, the Smith family, look at Will Smith and, 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 and his kids. You know, those kids never had a chance to be anything other than Will Smith kids in a movie. And so uh, I am totally against that. Uh, we know that nepotism started with white folks, go all the way back to John Adams and his son, Quincy, and lastly, Trump. And the reality of it is, is that they did that to consistently maintain generational wealth. But I just don't believe it. So if it was to maintain generational wealth, why wouldn't that be a good thing, Ken? Well, there's a lot of ways that we can uh, have generational wealth. I can be rich. My son can start something and he can be rich. You know, my wife can do something and she can be rich. Uh, I'll give you a prime example of how generational wealth should work. And, and it's probably with LeBron James. LeBron James is the greatest example of any black person as relates to generational wealth. He not only empowered uh, his friends and entrusted his friends, they're not related to him. That has nothing to do with nepotism. And all of these guys learn to be qualified for the job that they are. The most powerful sports agents in the world right now is Rich Paul. That's LeBron James' friend. He never gets that opportunity if it's not for LeBron James. So uh, generational wealth, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be all in my family. Uh, wealth is wealth. I don't think anybody's going to cry about getting a million dollars from somebody that's not in their family. No, this is true. Um, okay, Dr. Shante, uh, I, I want to start um, kind of give a definition of what nepotism is based on the dictionary. Um, it's uh, when patronage is bestowed or favoritism is shown on the basis of family relationships as in business or politics. And I think we can, because of the way we live today, we can kind of stretch and particularly the black community, we can stretch family into friends. So can you mm -hmm. say that that uh, Rich Paul is not related to LeBron James, but they grew up together. They're homeboys, you know, they uh, they, they have had this relationship uh, for decades between the two of them. So that to me plays a sense of nepotism because if Rich Paul were never LeBron James friend, he also wouldn't have this opportunity that he has today. No, well, I totally disagree. I totally disagree with you. And I think that when it comes to African-American, when it comes to black people, period. Uh, I have a lot of friends who I, I don't understand why is it that we're so inclined to because we've been acquainted with somebody for so many years. Oh, that's my cousin. Oh, that's my brother. This is my father or he's like my father. Let bloodlines mean something. And the reality of it is, is that he's not LeBron James family member. And they may have grew up. LeBron James grew up in Akron. Rich Paul grew up in Cleveland. Rich well, I'm going to jump in here, Ken. Hold on for a okay, second. Let, let, let me get Dr. Shantae in. Okay. Thank you. I, I'm going to jump yeah. in here. Um, so nepotism is familial line. Um, but I think what we're talking about when we talk about LeBron James's friend is actually cronyism, um, which cronyism is by way of that friendship. And I will say 
if you're politically inclined, crony capitalism is a word, is a dirty word that people don't like to hear, right? And mm-hmm. so um, at the end of the day, what we, I think, all instinctively don't like is unqualified persons taking over a position simply by relational um, affiliation. That's what we're talking about there is unqualified persons getting into these positions. So if your family member actually has a master's degree and is excelling at business, hooray for nepotism, right? Um, If your friend actually does have the talent to be a sports agent, hooray for cronyism. It's when you have some person who has no talent, no aptitude, running a corporation into the ground, and that's going to cost your bottom line or cost your your, uh, company or your reputation or hurt the other employees around you, that's when you start to say, oh, wait a minute, let's back off here. There are some negative downsides. I've worked for family-owned businesses where that familial loyalty starts to hurt everybody around them. I've also worked in situations where they say, okay, we're going to start my son at the bottom. He's got to learn the hard way like everybody else. And he's got to work his way up. And I don't find that um, to be offensive by any means. But I will say it's when we go, okay, I have a son or a child or a nephew or whomever. Let's start them out as the CEO of the company. They just got out of high school or they just graduated from college and shazam, you're now the CEO of the firm. That's a bad idea. That's bad for business. That does not create generational wealth. And we know that 30%, 30% of companies uh, don't make it once they're passed on if we are just using unqualified nepotism to pass it along. And sure. if we think three generations later, only 13% of those companies are there. Again, unqualified nepotism does not work. Gerness, what'd you say? Well, I'm definitely on the same page with Dr. Shante unqualified anything does not work for business. I mean, if you're not qualified, then you're you're not in business. Um, I'm happy to say that at this point in my life, I'm fifth generation female entrepreneur. And I can go back five generations and see where um, our whole family business initiative started. And it was about being able to pass down land and wealth to the next generation. And what those, the women that were the head of of the matriarchs in, in my family, what they were able to do is they were able to have this amazing ability to discern who was good at what. Making sure that you place people in positions that play to their strengths. And those who aren't, then, you know, there's something else for you to do. But Jen, knowing that knowing that in our family business, we always have a home if, if there's something that we can bring to the table. And we're going to be 60 years old. Sylvia's is going to be 60 years old in August, on August 1st. And we currently have up to the fourth generation that's active in our business. Jasmine, do you think you've ever benefited from nepotism? Um, I've never been given anything, but I do have a story about land. Um, I come from the oldest, biggest, non-slave Black family in Chesapeake, Virginia, and they had a bunch of land in their names. And unfortunately, because so many of those kids had grabbed to that land, the land went to no one. And now you have all these mansions out there where those people 
are displaced. I mean, we even have the street named after my family's um, name. And then as I've learned from their mistakes is that I'm going to give that land to my stepkids or the kids that I have, um, the land that I've occurred from their mistakes. I've learned the hard way not to do it in that nepotism type of way where nobody succeeded and everybody burned and crashed. So Mm -hmm. everybody needs to be in a qualified area, but I'm prepared to teach my kids how to do it differently. That's excellent. That's an excellent point. Let's take a break. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And the business of being black today is nepotism. Nepotism at its finest. That's what I want to know. When does nepotism work? Uh, Jasmine, we were talking about you and your family's land. So I'll, I'll bring this question to you. When does nepotism work? When you start young and hopefully you're not just throwing them into that CEO position, you should already have been... Um, taking that child into everything that you're doing, watch mommy pay the bills, watch her see that, um, stand here and listen to this conversation about how I get to what I need with this person who's ahead of me. Watch how I speak to them. I need you to sit down and do the boring work with me. I bring my stepkids into that boring work and they always tell me, I don't want to do what you do. I'm like, yeah, give yourself 20 years. You're going to be doing exactly what I did because that's what my mom did. My mom was into videography and I had to go to churches, weddings, funerals. I ain't know none of these people. And she was like, you're going to learn how I do this. So when you get older, you have something to yourself. And lo and behold, here I am. That's how you discovered me. <laughs> I'm doing exactly what my mom did. And she passed down that knowledge so that I could. She didn't pass down the business because we didn't have the money like that. But I did take those tools. And now, now that I have the land, the money to give to my stepkids or the kids that I may have, I am going to for sure give it to them. Ken, when does nepotism work? You mentioned Will and Jada and Willow and Jaden. Uh, it seems to have worked well for, for them. Their kids have this these their own booming, thriving businesses of their own. When does it well, work? Well, it works when you have a whole lot of money. When you got a whole lot of when you got a whole lot of pretty little green ones and you have a whole lot of power, it can work because you control the entire dynamic of it. You know, uh, I harken back, I, I, I love her uh, Jazzy talking about when she was giving, you know, wants to give this stuff down to her stepkids and that sort of thing. And I remember bringing my son down to the Sentinel newspaper when I was hired at the Sentinel newspaper and I worked there for many years and, and I had it in my head, he's going to follow in my footsteps. He's going to be a writer. I actually became a better father when I started having a conversation with him and asking him what it is that he wanted to do, Mm -hmm. because me thrusting him into something that I love to do was not beneficial and not good for them. And I could tell you that although there has been a great measure of success in the Will Smith family, he had a son outside of Jada that played football. And this kid was not involved in, in, in acting any way, shape, form, or fashion. Played for a private high school. He was an outstanding football player. So I think allowing for individuals to make decisions that about them that are for themselves to do something that they love doing, I think in the end that always works out. Yeah, you're referring to his son, Trey, who uh, yes. he had with his first wife. Yes. Uh, Dr. Shantae, when does nepotism work? Nepotism works when you are, you know, bringing together both those technical skills 
you're marrying them with those soft skills, and then you are marrying it with the passion of the individual, like everybody else has said. I also think, you know, you balance it with the health of the business. So we have to also consider when you are working in a nepotism uh, environment, you have other employees, unless your entire business is your entire family, there are other people that get affected culturally within a company. So uh, it works the best when their counterparts, their peers, the other employees also see them not as someone who just got this job and got dropped in and they're here because the boss owns the company, but it works the best when they say, oh, and they're bringing the skill set and they're a valued part of the team and they are subject to the consequences that I am too. So if they don't perform, their their butts in the sling too, right? They have the same consequences and benefits as everybody else. Nepotism works when you know we're fair and even, even if they're family members. They're, the other employees have to know they're fireable too, and that's what we don't often see is in nepotism situations. The family member tends to skate. That's when it doesn't work well because they know no matter what I do, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know that there's a a, a moment when nepotism, uh, <laughs> you know, when the the firing practices take place underneath the guise of nepotism. I don't think that really ever happens. Well, but it could happen I can't fire. <laughs> what did it, you say, Jess? Oh, I will fire you. <laughs> We step you down. Uh, like we, we need to go through a whole HR. We need to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. Trinette, no. go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, my grandmother was a no-nonsense woman. We knew that when we walked into the restaurant and we were on shift, that we had to perform. And if you were not performing, you were going to get what we call in the restaurant industry 86. Bye-bye no longer. So nepotism, I think nepotism sometimes gets, um, in a traditional sense, it gets a, a bad knock. But for, for me, you know, I look around, of course, we have outside employees, we have the restaurant, we have a real estate company, we have our food products, we have a scholarship. It takes a ton of people to make those things happen. Now, in my generation, there's 18 people in my generation. Not all 18 people work at the restaurant or for any of our other companies, but those that do work in the family business possess the necessary skills. And we all started at the same place. We either started washing dishes or bussing tables or both. (laughs) But the question is, did grandma ever fire any of y'all? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like, bye-bye. (laughs) <laughs> Can it be bad morale, uh, or bad for employee morale when they see a business hiring family members of the owner uh, or management team? Can, well, can here's, of course it can be, but, you know, in a city like New York, you know, we have a lot of labor, labor laws. So, and in being in the restaurant industry, we're extremely regulated across multiple fronts. So it's not a lot of um, opportunity that you have to be able to, you know, treat someone um, unfairly because they're not family. You know, there's a lot of laws in place that prevent those type of things from happening. But, you know, will, will some people do it? I'm, I'm sure they will try. 
But at the end of the day, you know, your business is only as successful as the people that work on it. And they have to be, you know, just as passionate about the business as as the owner. And that's whether they're family or or not. And can, I, I really can it be family. bad? Can can it be bad for employee morale when they see a business hiring family members of the owner or management team? Absolutely, because you're working for this company, and you know if uh, if Bob over here does something that's way off cue and he's a member of the family, nothing's going to happen to him. And I was involved in a situation where I was working for a company, not going to name this company, working for this company. And um, the, 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 the family member was delinquent. I, I, got, I got blamed for the family member being delinquent and because they had to try to discipline this person they suspended me. So uh, it, it, it can be bad in, in, a, in a number of instances, particularly when you're, you're that employee and you're doing your job. And for me, I've always tried to assimilate with family members when I knew that nepotism existed, because uh, you're not going to change the bloodlines. You're still trying to get a check. So you do your best to assimilate. But at the same time, uh, trust, try to do your job to the best of your ability. Dr. That's exactly what you don't want. That, that is exactly what you don't want. In a business like mine, where capital is at risk, the last thing I want is an employee saying, hey, let me align myself with this employee because I know that they have an inroad. So no, that's, that, thought, I, I, that, that's not that's diversity not what of I'm thought, about. diversity of opinion, assimilating with a person and aligning specifically. That, just so no. you you know you have an inroad can be dangerous. No, that think, is not what I'm talking about. Think about the morale about. of you're, you're, the you're, employees. You're, we don't want that. We want somebody who's going to be willing. I don't, I don't even want that to be a train of thought. I want someone that's going to absolutely say, you know what? Yes, they might be an employee, but I know their consequences are there and I'm going to stand up even if it is to somebody else. Let's go to commercial break. Welcome back to the business of being black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack and the business of being black today is nepotism. Please welcome the CEO of Black Pearl Global Investments, Dr. Shante, Shante Williams, that is, Senior Vice President of Strategic Operations for Third Generation, Triness Woods Black, the publisher for Inglewood Today, Ken Miller, and YouTuber, Jasmine Torres. So Jasmine, I want you to pick up where we left off about it being bad for business and employee morale. So going, bouncing off what Ken said that he worked for a, I don't know if it was a restaurant or whatever, a business where they were only hiring people that were in the family. I can say from experience when I'm not talking about, you know, a place That's that not has what I said. Oh, oh, I know. I'm, I'm saying the business that you were working in. Right. They, they didn't hire just exclusive members of the okay, family. Yeah. There were other people that worked there. Go ahead. Yeah. But from what I was, uh, my point of view is, you know, they're not a rich area that people usually want to work for. I can say I've never wanted to or thought I could apply to a Chinese restaurant when I was younger because I thought they only hire within their community, if not just their family. So I think not even just going off of morale is like people don't think they're going to be accepted in that arena at those jobs because they know, you know, the history behind it, that they don't want you. That's there. an interesting thought that. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting thought. It, 
and the Chinese restaurant is an, is a perfect example. Like, do you even think that you have an opportunity there if there are no, uh, if the business is not diverse? Well, I'm going to tell you something, Tammy. Um, I remember, you know, when our restaurant was getting a ton of publicity and there was an ugly rumor that we didn't own the restaurant, that we had sold the restaurant to some Asians. And my grandmother said something really, really profound. She said, have you ever gone into an Asian or a Korean establishment specifically and seen a Black person at the register? I'll wait. <laughs> no, you have. We thought it was rhetorical, but okay. Exactly. But, but that's you know that's one of that's one of those things. And in Harlem, that was something that we had never seen. You know, in the eighties and and in the nineties. And of course, you know, some businesses and some trades tend to stick to maybe a cultural space. But and everybody kind of um, you know are drawn to particular areas and, and things of that nature. But I feel very, very strongly that it's really important for generational wealth, especially amongst Black people. We've been Jedi mind tricked to think that, oh my gosh, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, be a solopreneur, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You don't need anyone. It's complete hogwash. No one has made it to where they're at without knowing someone. This is, this is America. This is what America is based on. That's why you have sororities and fraternities. And that's why there's alumni associations and, and, and intranets and all types of boards and things of that nature. So why not build out your family? Why not build she out makes your an family? excellent point here, Ken. Uh, have we been Jedi mind tricked? There are sororities and fraternities. There are organizations and alumni and boosters that help us to 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 filter in a network of resources so that we can succeed. What's yeah, the difference? Think, it comes down to nepotism. Well, look. Uh, first of all, I want to respond to Shantae and 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 just clarify something when I said assimilate. Uh, I'm not on a buddy system with the members of these families in the company. I'm there because I'm qualified to do a job and I'm not being, uh, just because they are a family member, I'm not trying to be, uh, go against the grain, so to speak. So I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be, I'm not a part of that family, but I'm trying to be respectful of the organization and the org chart as it exists. Um, Look, um, we talk about how uh, this country and, and, and all of these groups and group norms and, and things of this nature, the, the only group that is not unified is a group of people that looks like me, because we're the only group of people who are brought to this country against our very own will. And that would be a beautiful picture if it existed. It would be a beautiful picture if we could all be, you know, she talked about the Chinese restaurant being culturally operated, but the dollars wasn't cultural. Uh, the dollars came from all sorts of people, black people, white people, a lot of black people. Uh, market, I mean, so the, the, the reality of it is this. Yes, I think that if you have wealth, you should be in position as the Smiths are to make sure that that is passed down to your family. However, 
they have to be, as Dr. Shante alluded to, the most important thing. They have to be trained and prepared to receive that or else it's going to become a disaster. Well, listen, I have the greatest American example of nepotism that I think uh, exists. And you mentioned it earlier in the show, Ken. Uh, One extreme example, I should say, of nepotism is Donald Trump having his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, trying to negotiate peace in the Middle East. Should companies or institutions have a rule against nepotism? I mean, we can also use Joe Biden's son as an example. And uh, I think you went down to John Adams, didn't you? Absolutely. John Adams uh appointed his son Quincy uh to a diplomacy position that ultimately led to Quincy being the president the entire administration of John Adams was all his family members so what Trump is doing is not a new thing I mean most white presidents have done was only always been white presidents other than Obama but Bush did it Clinton did it uh, the Roosevelt's were notorious for this. And with Trump, the, the, the sad part about Trump is that none of his kids are qualified to be nothing other than just being his damn kid. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Eric, uh, Eric, Eric is, I mean, it's, they were born into wealth. And the reality of it is, uh, they're mimicking and doing whatever it is that they can to please, uh, please an audience of one. Sort of like the Republican Party when Trump was in office, an audience of one. And so uh, it's, it, it's, it's sad. It's sad, but it's, 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 it's the reality of the world. Dr. Shantan. Go ahead, Trines. Go ahead. Now, I just wanted to jump in um, very quickly. Um, when it comes down to putting family members into positions and intermingling family and non-family, again, the company has a mission statement. You know, it has a mission that should supersede anything. And as long as the person is- But we know that- Your governing party is diverse. We know that those company missions do not supersede bloodline. Well, not, not at all. The presidency has a competition, to be honest. I mean, Ken's right. But it should. This, is, this is a tradition of America to, I mean, we had two presidents with the last name Bush. Well, I'm, I'm sure if, if any of you, you know, have grandparents and everything, you've all heard the, the term, Never have the one. old boys club, the old boys club. Of course. That's all it is. It's just a different version of the old of the old boys club. However, it does have to have proper parameters. Jasmine, just I want to get you in. Your last name is is a, is um, the same as the other person. Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a position within that company. Jasmine, I want to get you in. If it's just about politics, I think the whole entire thing needs to be thrown out the water anyway, because what's been going on within politics themselves hasn't been working. I don't really think we're a true democracy. I really don't think what the average person says is winning. I mean, you can look at the Supreme Court. They shouldn't be in there for so long. So I think this goes beyond just nepotism with Bush and Bush and Trump putting all those people in there. It all needs to go into the trash and redone anyway. Well, I, 
I just have to say the family business, if John Q. Adams was a better president than John Adams, frankly. Um, just Wasn't hard. True, but he was a better president and <laughs> the family business actually was political, right? The Bushes, their family business actually is politics. The difference mm -hmm. with Trump is their family business is real estate. So they are just out on the island doing and I'm not even gonna say good real estate. So they're doing something else, right? So oh, that's, that's right. We got a quick break. Dr. Shante will be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. Dr. Shante, uh, you say that the Bushes' business was politics. The Trump's business is real estate. How the hell are they in politics? Well, you know, that's the sign of the times, right? You start playing, um, speaking to demographics and touching, you know, hot button issues. And, you know, you figure out how to gin up emotions and then you get into office and then you usher in all these other things. I think at the end of the day, again, what we instinctively are upset about in nepotism is not being qualified. Now, you know, if you are in real estate, you might have negotiation skills, right? You've got to close deals. It's very transactional. I don't know that we want our country run in a transactional matter every single time. We can't be swapping out California to get something done in the Middle East, right? That's that's the transactional nature of real estate, quid pro quo. That's a bad term in politics. You don't want that. But that's how, you know, someone takes skill sets from a different industry and tries to apply it in the political realm. So I will say again, unqualified nepotism, always a bad idea. When we think about this last administration, that's what we got. We got somebody who was trying to cobble together skill sets, didn't have any basis. All of a sudden, we were wondering what in the world is happening? How do we end up in this? Why do we bargain away this? Why are we out of this deal? Because they are applying skill sets in a completely different manner. Now we think about other political dynasties today, you know, we've been talking about businesses and thinking more brick and mortar businesses, but if your family business actually is politics, if your family business actually is diplomacy, service, that's a different skill set. You taught, you may have taught your kids, your kids might have seen you, seen you, you know, in various countries working, you know, with diplomats. They may have actually picked up those skills in the exact same manner. So again, I'm not willing to say throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I am saying, do you have the qualifications and the skills necessary to get it done? Yeah, I, I think if Trump could throw California out for peace in the Middle East, he definitely would do that. He would. <laughs> he may <laughs> throw the last thing first. I don't know. Um, according he to throw the United people States. out, but he'll keep the land. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point, good point. According to the United States House of Representatives Committee on Ethics, there is a federal law that generally prohibits a federal official, including a member of Congress, from appointing, promoting, or uh, recommending for appointment or promotion any relative of the official to any agency or department over which the official exercises authority or control. So what are your thoughts about this as we talk about politics, Trinice? I, I definitely um, agree because politics is different from business. You know, when you're in politics, you're of service to the people. You know, when you're in business, you are, you know, um, being paid for a goods or a service or product and it's a, a business exchange. Being of service, you have to have 
um, certain filters and, and, and things that will allow you to maintain proper transparency and, and fairness. So it's, it's definitely different when, when it gets to politics. It's definitely different. And there are, of course, some similarities you know, in business, you don't ever want to skew uh, to a particular direction for self-interest when you're in uh, politics or a philanthropic. <laughs> That's laughable. If you <laughs> want to be in business for a long time, you better you know, have some relationships in politics. That is I the mean, bottom line. If you want to be in business for a long time, oh, you absolutely. better have some relationships in politics. Well, can I um, I manage all of our government relations, so um, I tend to definitely agree with you. <laughs> but I don't, you know, but it's it's like you know, you you just have to be so careful when you're in these positions, especially political positions, when you are supposed to be serving um, a, a group of people. You have to make sure that you're not being swayed by a personal gain or a feeling, you wanna make sure that what you're doing is is um, the best for your constituents, not what's best for, for your cousin, um, John, who, you know, just got a divorce and his wife took him for all he had now. <laughs> well, John is I one of my constituents. I should also see what's best for John. Isn't it <laughs> better for small or larger businesses, Jasmine? If they're qualified both, I, I mainly see in my community, people not really going for the business. Like, you know, of course you want people to be good in business who you put place there. I see more people talking about unqualified, like actors, models and stuff like that, because now it's just them. They're purely going, all they're thinking about is what can I get? They're not thinking that they're hurting the person next to them or their peer next to them because it's an individual, individualistic um, thing that you're going for. In business, like Ken is saying, you need to think about everybody else that's in the business. Um, and that's more the conversation that I hear near me. So in business, as long as they're qualified and they're thinking about others, that's great. Um, but the individual things that people are talking about, I think, was, is what makes them mad. Yeah. Dr. Shante, what do you think? Smaller or larger companies benefit most from nepotism or neither? Well, I'll just say this with the, the, the when the scale goes up and the size of the business, so does the exposure, right? Meaning legal exposure. So um, the more you may be out of a process and maybe leveraging nepotism in a way that's not productive, that's, you know, oh, I'm just hiring this person because I want them to learn the business and they're a family member. Guess what? That, you know, other employees might go to the EEOC on you. Um, you may end up with a lawsuit on your hands. You get all you the exposure gets magnified if you're a very large business. All of a sudden, I think we had a bank that um, was shadow hire or shadow, uh, you know, interviewing folks on one side, and they had already decided who was going to be in that position. That's but doesn't that happen often? Because that's a law as well um, that you have to you have to post you have to uh, post a. a uh, an employment vacancy and you have yep. to feel that vacancy by interviewing people inside and outside and not just hiring people. Um, isn't, isn't that the, the natural practice for businesses to hire within and not go outside and already know who they're hiring before they hire? In our, and most businesses disclosure, 
is the key term there. So you have to be transparent. If there are internal candidates or you're going to essentially hire from within and you're also going to look outside disclosure, you have to just be transparent about it. Hey, we already have some identified candidates, but we might want to look, you know, to see if there's somebody else. Again, that transparency becomes your uh, responsibility as a corporation. That's your uh, fiduciary responsibility to the organization. Again, it's bad for business if you're doing it secretly. It's those things that get done secretly that get exposed. And then all of a sudden you get slapped with a lawsuit. Um, and everybody's falling out of the woodwork saying, I applied for that job and I had no fair shot. If you know that you are creating a process where people have no fair shot, all of a sudden that's exposure that you do not want. So family owned businesses that are intended to be family owned businesses that are completely private. Fine. If you want to grow and scale and, you know, be a global conglomerate, you got different rules. So I think we always have to realize what pool, what, you know, where are you trying to swim? Where, where are you trying to go and understand the rules by which you are supposed to play in? And just because it's okay for somebody else or other people have done it for eons does not mean the hammer will not come down on you. Wow. That's right. You have to be compliant. <laughs> compliant <laughs> always. Business. Shantae is talking about utopia. I, I like want to know where this. I want to know where this world is that she's talking about. There yeah, are all of these rules are being followed, and That's they're not going to be I run that. a financial firm. The SEC I, I, yeah, folks looking I at me first. Look, I That's not simply, utopia. Look, That's called regulation hell. That's right. Uh, let me just say. Let me let, let me just say this to you. I've spent thirty years working for Don King. I spent a number of other years working for other prominent. African-Americans who own media empires and the sort. And let me tell you something, ain't worried about none of those rules and regulations. I used to work for a member of Congress, the ethics that apply, the ethics laws and rules that apply in the United States Congress can always be navigated by someone that wants to navigate them. And the penalty, and the Mm -hmm. penalty of violating that up on the wrist. Remember these words until you get caught. Until you get caught. I'm with you on that. And it seems like who you get caught by. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. Let's get down to a lightning round. Okay, nepotism. Good or bad for black folk? Good or bad? Ken? Real bad. Because we should be teaching our kids to become independently wealthy. I am sick and tired of us living off a welfare system. No, we do. We don't always have to have someone to give us something. We are capable of working ourselves into a position of power. We're capable of working ourselves in a position of wealth. And we're capable of sustaining that wealth for ourselves, for our communities, and for generations to come. I'm tired of working, kid. I want a rich mama and daddy to just give it to me. Give it to me what you say. Don't marry one then. <laughs> I don't want to work. I want to sit back in the sun and just live off of mama and daddy and grandmama's money. You're wrong, Ken. You're wrong for that. Dr. Shantae, good or bad for black folk? Nepotism. Uh, You know, I'm going to go mixed. I, I, at the end of the day, it is good to 
you know, instill some skills that you can pass down and keep, you know, businesses in families, you know, generation after generation, if they are qualified and if they align with the passions. But it is bad if we are keeping folks just in there just because we know them. I am not a fan of that. Okay. Now, see, when I think nepotism, I don't, I I really don't think of like um, family business. I think of more mm -hmm. of you having a leg up, you know what I mean? Like you having a leg up. So you don't have to put me in the family business, but maybe my nepotism gets me that job with Ryan Murphy. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it gets me in with the Smiths uh, and, and their production company. Just, just little things like that. Let's say this, your family yeah. last name gets you in the door, but your skills keep you in the building. Well, you maybe, maybe, right maybe I don't want all them skills. Maybe I just want it given to me. I don't want to do all the work. Dr. Shantae, do you hear what work. I just told Ken? I don't want to do all that work. I don't want all that training. I just want to just be put where I'm put. Well, then you need to be a Trump then. <laughs> Jasmine, good or bad? Nepotism. It's good. Ain't nobody else going to do it for us, so we got to do it for our own community. All right. I like it. Short to the point. Ain't nobody else going to do it. For, I don't even want to do it for us. So, <laughs> so give it to me what you say. Trinette. Fire me later, though. Fire me when I make all of my connections and, and then I start <laughs> over with, with the leg exactly. up. Listen, um, did, did, I hear you call, did I hear you call my name? Yes. <laughs> yes. Listen, here's the thing. You have to be able to do the job. If you can do the job, absolutely build generational wealth. You you start at the bottom, you work your way up to the top. You know, you um, get to share your resources and your talents with your family, with your community. If you are not skilled, if you do not possess those skills, I suggest you go and find what your passion is. My grandmother never made it that oh. You grew up Sylvia's, we call it growing up Sylvia's, so automatically you're going to work at the restaurant. No, that's not how it works. If you have the skill set, if you have the convictions, and if you can contribute in a positive way to the business, then you're a part of it. If you can't cook, if you don't like people because we're in hospitality, <laughs> you know, then by all means, go work somewhere else. But Family business is important for generational wealth and for building communities and sustaining, sustaining a family from for generations to generations to come. You just got to do it right. I want to ask you a question about Sylvia's. It is it's yes. third generation, right? Or is it yes. fifth generation now? Well, we have four generations working in the business and we are in the midst of succession from the second generation to the third. So my question becomes, uh, it, since we're talking about nepotism, what mm -hmm. happens when the generations who are interested in Sylvia's restaurant and continuing the legacy, what happens when those generations are passed and the newer generations are no longer interested and want to sell the family business? Well, we have a do not sell clause in certain areas of our business. So you will always, when you come to New York and you come to 126th Street and Lenox Avenue, which is also named after my grandmother, Sylvia P. Woods Way, 
that will always be owned and operated by the Woods family. It's just certain things that you have to put into, into law. You have to put into your trust. You know, other things, you know, um, at the end of the day, we are in the business of business. So if there's some parts of our business that we are looking, you know, that we would sell, but there's certain parts of our business that we will never sell. As a matter of fact, um, especially when it comes down to land, there's two things that God is not making more of. He's not making more time. He's not making more land. They're both extremely valuable. And they're both the reason why I'm able to sit here today and speak with you all about being fifth generation entrepreneur and a family business. We appreciate your family and your business and your grandmother. Appreciate uh, let's talk about uh, one of my favorite uh, investment companies, Black Pearl. Dr. Shantae, talk about it. Well, we are still rocking and rolling. So when uh, those family businesses want to sell, call Black Pearl and we'll help them with that exit strategy to go ahead and sell. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're still going strong. You know, we launched that lending program. We're still getting inquiries from everywhere. Um, we've started helping businesses expand um, and we are looking forward to coming out your way, Tammy Mac, so we can help you uh, with that, with, with whatever plans you got to build the future. Oh, I got big plans. You're going to love it, Dr. Shantae. You are going to love it. The check. Yes. Give Tammy <laughs> Mac the check. You're gonna be like, there's no way she can lose. How much you need, girl? I promise you that. So I can't wait till you get to the West Coast. Jasmine, Airbnb campground. So for mine, this Airbnb campground where I'm going to eventually uh, swing over into housing, tiny houses for people in need, people who have um, too many kids that they can't really help feed because they're doing it all alone. I will eventually switch it over to that, especially when, when a recession hits. I think it's a really good idea to swing over to people at a lower amount, $300 a month. But right now, the Airbnb business is tiny houses, um, a glamping experience, something that I want to pass down to my kids. You guys got buy your own tiny house put it on my land. You can make money. I will manage it for you, but you always got a job with me, with my kids, and I want to grow it into helping others eventually once I make That's my money. amazing. I love that. I love your progressive forward thinking. Ken, Englewood today, how's the newspaper business going? It's going great. Englewood uh, today is one of three media empires, three media outlets that I own and control. And I can tell you that the African-American media business is going on fantastic. It's, it's, here's what makes community newspapers important. When you have a historical moment like Obama in 2008, you can't put that in a tweet. You can't put that on electronic uh, internet online. You, in order to preserve that history, that's something that you want to have in your hand. And so I think for African-American newspapers across the country and community newspapers that are not African-American, what we're doing is documenting history. What we're doing is yeah. we're keeping a memoir of, of, of stuff that is very, very important uh, to people who look just like you. And, and look, I'm unapologetically Black. So I'm not a person who likes to be told what to do, when to come in and where to go. I like to control situations. And I also like to be able to record the history of our community raw and uncut and make sure that I can empower, that I can advance the causes of a Dr. Shante, a Trinesse, this young lady right here, especially you, you, Tammy Mack. You know, everybody want to get on your PR team. So when can <laughs> I write that piece? 
And that's funny because I don't even have a PR team. <laughs> Come on, Ken. You got one. You, you just so don't much. know about it. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Dr. Shante. And thank you, Jasmine, for being on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Until next time, everybody. Peace. Thank you. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called, and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home auto and other vehicles. Any sports fan knows defense wins championships. Your championship is your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your best defense is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive, which is like having a goalie, a seven-foot shot-blocking specialist, and a linebacker all wrapped into one. Which, to circle back, means you're going to win the championship. Because, you know, defense. Forced Metaphors. Presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.